and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for joining us again today. October has been designated as Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. One in four families will lose a baby during pregnancy, delivery, or infancy. So much more common than most people realize. So today, I've invited Brian and Brandy Davis to share the story of how they became one of those families in January of 2018. Their sweet Hattie Grace was diagnosed with trisomy 18 while in the womb, and the Davises had 10 precious hours with her before she went to be with Jesus. Though it was brief, Hattie's life had meaning and purpose and continues to have an impact today. In the first half of our conversation, Brian and Brandy share Hattie's story, talk about grieving as a couple, and discuss how God has worked in their lives since that time. Be sure and come back next week to hear some practical advice from the Davises about life after the loss of a baby. I believe you'll be blessed by their story. Hi, Brian and Brandy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, glad y'all are here. So let's get started by just giving you all an opportunity to tell a little bit about yourselves. Tell us where you're from and what you do there. Um, We are from Monticello, Arkansas. Um, I worked for a hardwood manufacturer, Maxwell Hardwood Flooring, for about 10 years full-time up until this past January where I became the executive director at our Pregnancy Crisis Center, Hope Place Monticello. Um, And so now I work part-time there three days a week and part-time at Maxwell Hardwood. Okay, good. How about you, Brian? Uh, I work for Starkle Incorporated. I'm a superintendent for a construction company. We work in the plastic industry. Uh, Been there March will be 23 years. So pretty much all I've done my whole life is work construction. Yeah, uh, which Monticello is just a little country town, I guess, in southeast Arkansas. I'm pretty laid back. Um, we met in high school, high school sweethearts, I guess. And um, this May, we'll have been married 23 years. Wow. Well, good for you all. Yeah, I think Monticello is just a very nice community, a great place to raise a family, right? It is. Yes. It is. Away from uh, the big city, for sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. So you have three children, one boy and two girls. So tell us just a little bit about Drake and Olivia, and we'll talk about your youngest daughter in a little while. Um, Drake just turned 21 in July. Um, he is currently living in Little Rock on his own. Um, he's attending Pulaski Tech um, Aviation Technology Program, and he will finish that up in the spring. And I, he, he says he's moving to Dallas Houston area when he's finished so we'll see super proud of him um his passion is airplanes so um he's following that and then Olivia is she'll be 15 November 1st um she's in ninth grade here at Monticello High School she loves to dance loves to ride horses um and she keeps us pretty busy with all of those things so Sure. Super sweet. Yes, I'm sure she is. It sounds like your kids are are doing well, and I know you're very proud of them. They are. They are. And we are very, very proud of them. Yeah. So I mentioned that you have a younger daughter. 
So tell us about your sweet Hattie Grace. Um, so we found ourselves expecting, and um, we found out Father's Day of 2017 that we were expecting. Um, of course, I was a little older, and of course, they consider that geriatric. How old were your other kids at that time? Drake was um, a senior, senior in high school, in high school yeah. um, that fall, and then Olivia would have been... Yeah. 10 years old so she was still in middle school um so we found ourselves expecting in september we waited a couple months because i had miscarried in the past um before we went to the doctor um had all of the typical um screenings done and our quad screen came back and showed that she um may possibly have trisomy 18 Um, which I had never heard of before, kind of caught us off guard. Uh, They insisted we go see a geneticist um, in Little Rock at UAMS. So they got us in as quickly as they could. It was around the end of September, um, and they did more extensive blood work and confirmed that she did indeed have trisomy 18. Um, And, of course, their first words to us, well, you have so many weeks to terminate the pregnancy, yeah. which, um, because of our faith, was never an option. Um, we chose to carry the pregnancy to term. Um, sure. And that pre- the pregnancy was, for me, was just up and down. I, I don't feel like I really got to enjoy the pregnancy because of all the doctor's appointments and ultrasounds and just, and every time you go to the doctor, they're telling you, oh, well, your baby is not compatible with life. That's what they use when babies are diagnosed with trisomy 18. Yeah. Um, they basically, in November, told me I should plan a, a funeral service for her. And I just told them, no, I'm not doing that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get the final say. Um, we serve a miracle working God, and He can perform a miracle at any point. Um, and we prayed, and our church family prayed, and family members and friends. Um, we went, I went to the doctor. We had an appointment January 4th of 2018. Um, tw- the third, I'm sorry, January 3rd. They put me in the hospital. Um, and then I had her on the 4th, January 4th. I was 36 weeks along. Um, and she lived for 10 hours. Um, we got to um, be with her for 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, very short and brief, but um, I, we feel like she's left a very profound mark yeah. um, in our lives and our friends and family as well. Absolutely. We met some amazing people through all of that at UAMS. Um, Dr. Sarah Peoples was actually Hattie's doctor um, in the NICU, um, very compassionate. Um, and she, when we met with her finally, after we got all, past all the red tape at the genetist, she's like, what do you want from us? What are you expecting from us? Right. And our, we just told her that we wanted Hattie to not just be a number, not just a baby that's going to die. She had, right. her life had meaning and purpose. And we wanted everyone that would be around us when she was born to understand that, mm-hmm. um, that, it wasn't. She just wasn't just a sick baby. 
Yes. And so they made sure she was wonderful. Um, Hattie's nurse in the NICU was amazing. Her name is Pamela Royal. And God orchestrated all of that. Um, she had had a daughter that was born with trisomy 21, which is Down syndrome, that had passed away. And so she knew exactly what we were experiencing and going through. And um, something she said to us after Hattie had passed was that um, our this journey that we would be on after she passed away was ours, um, that we needed to grieve however we felt like we needed to, to work through it, um, and that it didn't matter what anyone else um if they thought we needed to grieve a different way, it didn't matter. It was it was what we needed to do to process all of it. Great advice. Hattie Grace left a, a huge, she made a huge impact on all yeah. of us. Yeah. What Gosh. kinds of things did you do during that 10 hours that you had with her? Um, well, because I was so, they over-medicated me at one point. Oh. And so some of it is still kind of vague to me, but... Mm-hmm. We had an amazing bereavement nurse that um, she made sure we got pictures. She took Caddy's pictures and everything. Um, but we were able to go into the NICU and sit with her the whole time um, and hold her. Um, and her numbers, of course, all the machines, all those numbers started fluctuating and what would not stay consistent. And we finally made the decision um, that to remove all of that. Mm-hmm. Um because we didn't want her to suffer um, with everything hooked up to her. Um, and they're like, okay. And so they removed all of that. And we were able to sit and hold her yes. until she went to be with Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know you have some very beautiful pictures of her um, that I have seen. And I love seeing pictures of babies like Hattie because they're just so... They're just such proof of God's design and uh, just yes. beautifully and wonderfully made. And she's just, she's just proof of that. And the, the hospital was really, um, they were really good. They have what they call cuddle cots after the baby yes. passes. Um, they'll bring it to the room and it allows you to keep the baby with you until you've, I mean, never fully grieve all of that in that short time but um right until you feel like you're ready to leave mm-hmm. and um release her to to someone else yeah. to take to the funeral home um so they made sure that we had all of that and we were able to stay in there and so we had her until probably about one o'clock that afternoon mm-hmm. um on the fifth yeah after she passed away, which was good for us. And um, our kids had gone home the night before. Um, they had gotten to see her after I had her. Um, and for them, I think that um, them seeing her while she was still alive was enough for them. Mm-hmm. But I think they've handled it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, most kids their age don't have don't experience something like that. Right. Um, but I think feel like they've handled it really well. Yeah, and what a compassion they're going to have, you know, as they grow up because of yes. that experience with Hattie. You know, her she changed their lives too. Yes, she did, for sure. Well, I'm glad you had that time with her. 
where you could make some memories, um, even though it was a brief time. Yeah. So it seems like when a baby goes to heaven, uh, especially shortly after birth like that, so much of the focus is on the mom. And that's understandable. You know, she's the one that carries the baby and, and gives birth. But I always feel like dads tend to get overlooked in this type of situation. Um, would you like to speak to that issue, Brian? Uh, yes, ma'am. I mean, it, it does seem like that, and it's totally understandable. Um, they do carry them for the time that, that they are pregnant. Um, and it, they're a little more closer to them for that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and we do get overlooked a little bit, but um, there is people that, you know, out of the out of our everyday group, there is a few people in my life has asked how I'm doing instead of yeah. just how's Brandy doing. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it is totally understandable, though. Yeah, I'm sure it means a lot when somebody does ask about you, because I'm sure most people came to you and said, oh, how is Brandy doing, right? Yes, they did. and But I, I totally understand that. Yeah, of course. So, um, are there any particular scriptures that have just been especially helpful to you on this journey? Um, yeah. So, Jeremiah 1 5, um, I'll read it to you. I had it here. It says, um, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Um, that verse, um, regardless of her diagnosis, um, we just kind of held on to that because we knew regardless of that, God had created her. Um, he gave her to us for a purpose. Um, I had uh, an older, one of our older friends from church, um, somebody I really look up to, um, very godly woman. She had invited me to lunch one day after Hattie had passed. And she, we were just talking, and she said, you know, she said, God gave her to you because he trusted you with her life. Mm-hmm. Even though brief, he trusted you. He knew that you would, nev- that you would not abort her, mm-hmm. that you would give her life regardless of how long it would be. Right. Um, and he entrusted her to us. So, um we knew that because of that, that God would sustain us and mm-hmm. and help us to go through the the process of grieving and this journey, as people call it. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful for people like her that um, they're receptive to the Holy Spirit and and they speak those things to people when they when they need them the most mm-hmm. when they need to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then the other scripture that um, this is one that um, when my grandmother had passed away several years before um, we had Hattie Grace, um, she, we bought her, it was kind of a crazy, we bought her car um, from my aunt. And on the visor, she had this, it's a little visor clip. It was a cross, and it had Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. 
I mean, she had always told me that um, when we would be in conversation. Um, and I, when we sold the car and when we did, I took that out of the car and I kept it in my purse sure. and I carried it around. Um, and I was going through my purse one day while I was um, pregnant with Hattie. And so I kind of just held on to that verse too, um, that I didn't know why this was happening. Um, and it didn't at that, you know, and I never was angry at God. Um, it didn't really matter why it was happening that we were going to persevere through it um, and that eventually something um, good, he would make beauty from ashes. Yeah, and I think he already is through Hattie Grace's life, which we can talk a little bit more about later. Yeah. So the loss of a child changes a parent um, profoundly at such a deep level. So how do you feel like the loss of Hattie Grace has changed you? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Um. Of course, I can empathize, sympathize with people that go through the loss of not just a baby, but a child. Because yeah. um, most people have no idea. Um, I've had people that, you know, just friends, like, how do you do it? What's it like? And I don't, how do you explain that to someone other than you in the beginning you just feel like you're constantly drowning right constantly mm-hmm. um and the only reason you can keep your head above water for me was you know it's like every time you thought you're going to drown um Christ is reaching his hand out to you yes yes so but i feel like it gives us a um we can be more compassionate with people that experience the loss of a child regardless of why they lost that child. Um, and I've, I've, I've had conversation with people, friends. Um, you know, I, I never felt like God put me here to sell hardwood flooring. <laughs> I mean, I love my job. It was an amazing company to work for, but I, I always felt like that I was supposed to do something more. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, so after Hattie, I had Hattie Grace, I, I kind of became, I, I guess, unsettled mm-hmm. a little bit. You know how he kind of tries to nudge you out of your comfort zone. And <laughs> yes. um, I never imagined I'd be the director at the pregnancy center. I had been on the board and volunteered. And um, I volunteered here while I was um, on maternity leave after having Hattie Grace mm-hmm. because I needed to get out of the house and do something yeah. positive and not just sit at home and, um, get mired down in the grief. Um, I needed to serve someone else. Um, so that I came here and after I went back to work, he just unsettled me for a couple of years. And then the opportunity came up and, you know, you try not, you're like, well, I don't really think it's that it's the right time to do that right now. God, you know, um, and then our pastor had a sermon series, and it was some of the things he said just stuck out. The one in particular, he's like, our testimony um, could literally mean life or death for someone. And in my case, it can. Um, yes. yes. With us, you know, we meet with abortion-minded girls. Um, so we don't, that's not our main focus here, um, but we do have them come in. 
And if I can share Hattie, my testimony, Hattie's story, um, with having been given that as an option and what our path was, and it can change one girl's mind. I've helped to save one baby um, and give them life. And so um, I think having lost her and gone through what I did, that kind of nudged me into my position here at the pregnancy center. You're never the same person. Um, and not that who I was before was bad. I just feel like um, now there's some things that are just not worth worrying about. They're very insignificant things. Um, after you lose a child, um, there's just some things that aren't a big deal anymore. Yeah. That maybe before they were. Um, and you look back now and you think, oh, that was so stupid to be worried about something so insignificant. Right. Um, so a lot of things just kind of roll off my, you know, you don't get mad about little things anymore. You just kind of go with the flow and move along. And um, I try to portray that to other people so that they see that and they realize, oh, that's really not a big deal. Um right. There's more important things to be worried about. Absolutely. It, it changes you profoundly. You're just a completely different person, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't, I don't know how else to put it into words. Yeah. Your heart's all these pieces now. And like me, a, as a Christian, you give them all to Christ, and mm-hmm. he's holding them. Um, and gradually they get put back together, but they're never completely whole. Right. Um, right. But I think it it just break. Our heart is able to break for the things that um, that burden Christ now, mm. more so even than before. Yes. Oh, that's a perfect way to put it. At our retreats, we often talk about how men and women grieve differently. So how have the two of you grieved differently or alike? I think for, like when you have a baby, when you lose a baby. So I, a mom, she's delivered a child. I was fortunate enough to work for a company that allowed me to take full maternity leave. And I know some mothers that lose a child do not get that. Yeah. Um, and so I had that. He was off probably a week or two. And then he had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of had to switch back into the mode of taking care of our family and stuff. While I was still able to just sit in that moment at home during the day. Yeah. While my other kids were at school and do whatever I needed to do. Um, yeah. Cry, just sit and do nothing. You know, I could, I could do that. There were days that I had to get out of the house and go volunteer. Um, We're more emotional. Um, So it was nothing for me to cry at the drop of a hat. For Sometimes it seemed like silly things, but after after losing a baby, there's all sorts of things that just kind of set the ball rolling and you just bust into tears. Um, Yes. And then there were days that I didn't feel like I could get up and cook dinner. Mm-hmm. That I didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, but I feel like as a couple, for me, I feel like it brought did bring us closer 
Um, and our faith in Christ has grown also. I mean, we were Christians before, but I feel like this just, um, this circumstance just kind of took us deeper into what Christ had planned for us, what his plan was. Because um, Brian was, um, he was asked to be a deacon of our church mm-hmm. after that, um, which we weren't, we weren't really aware of that till after Hattie Grace had passed away. Um, there were those in our church who knew that was in the works. Um, and I feel like for me, I look back and I feel like, you know, Satan knew what Christ had planned for our family in our church. Um, and he tried to derail all of that. He thought I'm going to make their baby sick and they'll lose all faith in Christ and walk away from the church and, and that just the opposite happened. We yeah. poured ourselves in um, and just went all in. And I mean, I, Satan will take any opportunity he can if we allow him to have it. But it's grieving differently. I mean, I'm just, I was just super emotional all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I kind of probably um, I secluded us. In a sense, from certain things like um, that first, the first holidays after she passed away. I mean, we went out of town. Yeah, it's just too much mm-hmm. to be around. And it's not that they just completely didn't understand. I mean, they kind of they grieved their way for their niece or their granddaughter, but they had no idea. Right. Um, what a daily struggle it was right. um, early on. Uh, so I kind of, I guess I made the decision, yeah, we're just going somewhere. We're not dealing with all the hustle and bustle. And, right. um, because, I mean, we should be buying her first Christmas presents and yeah. her first Christmas ornament and taking her first Christmas pictures. And we didn't get right. to do all of those things. Right. And sometimes it's just easier for us as a family to just be together and not have all that added stress mm-hmm. um, on top of what we're dealing with anyway. Sure. As for him, I don't know how he, I mean, he grieved in his own way. Yes, I did. But I, I was trying to be the backbone and be the strong one here and sure. more or less just hold her in her grieving times uh, Mm -hmm. when I could because some of that time I was gone on the road working. Um, But it's just when I'm here, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like y'all figured out a way to grieve well together, especially since you said it it brought you closer to each other and closer to the Lord. So you you worked it out. I feel like... When I was having a bad day, he picked up the slack and then vice versa. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we needed our older kids to see us grieve, grieve well, I guess, yeah. if you can, if yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Yes. They didn't need to see their mom in the bed all day, every day, not able to get up and do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, get, don't get me wrong. There were days that when I got them off to school, I went back to bed and sure. I didn't do anything. But when my kids were home, um, they, I mean, they saw me cry and they 
I mean, they cried with us, but they didn't see me just get stuck there. Right. Uh, I feel like that they saw because of Christ, we could grieve well and, and honor had a grace and not give Satan the advantage. Yes, exactly. Well said. That concludes the first half of my conversation with Brian and Brandy Davis. I hope you'll come back next week for the second half of our discussion, when we'll talk about some practical tips for life after the loss of a baby. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to sharing the rest of our chat with you next Wednesday.